that you did the review, so we're going to just um, start right away. Today is number 14. That is, do you have one of those? Today is number 14. This is the 14 topic that we're talking about the blessings that we have in the blood of Jesus. And in the last couple of weeks, we have been focusing on the cleansing power of the blood, right? Two weeks ago, we said we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Last week, we said it has been purifying our uh, conscious by the blood of Jesus. Today, we're going to talk about how we are washed by the blood of Jesus. So these topics kind of like loosely related, and it talks about the cleansing power of the blood. So this is a, a rather large passage, but it is so good, I didn't want to take anything out, okay? So we're going to read from Revelation 7, verse 9 to verse 17, okay? So here is what the Bible say. After this, I looked And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Amen? And they were wearing white robes. Look at this. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. lamb. Notice here how the lamb, which is Jesus, is uh, a recipient of equal honor like God himself. Because it says here, salvation belongs not just to God, but also to the Lamb. They're both equally receiving the same honor. Okay? So that's a good testimony to the deity of Christ. Verse 11. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen. Praise and, uh, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Verse 13. Then one of the elders asked me, asked John, these in white troops, who are they and, what did they and where did they come from? Verse 14. I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out from the great tribulation. They have washed the robes and made them white. How? Let's read that together. In the blood of the Lamb. Verse 15. Therefore, therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Isn't that just powerful? Amen. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again they will hunger. Never again they will thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. Amen? A lamb who's a shepherd. Isn't that ironic? A lamb who's a shepherd. And he will lead them into the springs of the living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen? Every time you feel down, go back and read this passage. What an amazing passage in, the, in God's word. Amen? So verse 14, John answered and said, Sir, you know, and the elder replied and said this, These are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. 
So today we're going to talk about that benefit, that power that we have in the blood of Jesus. How you can have your robes washed and they become white by the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen? So we're going to talk about three questions or three points today that we're going to try to answer. Number one, what does it mean that your robes are washed and are being made white? That's number one. Number two, why? Do you need your ropes to be white? And number three, how you can get your ropes white? Okay, so the three questions are, let's say it together. Number one, what? Number two, why? And number three, how? What, why, and how? So let's talk about these three points. Number one, what does it mean that these people here in our Revelation chapter 7 verse 14 have their ropes washed in the blood of the Lamb and they have become white? And what does that mean for you and me? How can you and me have these white robes being washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen? Now, here is the thing. Whenever the Bible talks about robes or clothes being washed and being white, it's absolutely almost all the time refers to being pure, being out of every um, uh, dirt, out of every sin, out of every filth. It is just so pure and so clean. So the idea here that the, the, the revelation, the book of Revelation is talking about is this. These people are so purified. They're so cleansed that there is nothing dirty in them, nothing filthy in them. They're all pure and clean before God. So that's the idea, to be dressed in white before God. Amen? And why, where we get this from? Let's look at a few scripture. It's very interesting when I was looking at that. God himself, when... When we see him, he's actually wearing white clothes himself in heaven. Look at that. In Daniel 7, verse 9. As I looked, thrones, this is what Daniel said. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the ancient of days, believe it or not, that's the Lord Jesus, took his seat. His clothing was what? As white as snow. So, in a way... God himself, that's the Lord Jesus right here, sitting on the throne, and he's wearing what? White. Obviously, he's not wearing clothes like clothes. I think it's a figure of speech. But the idea here is there is no sin. It's so pure. It is so clean that it is so white, white as snow, right? And not only the lamb is wearing white clothes, white as snow, we also read that the elders, the four elders, that all was in heaven in the book of Revelation, also wearing white. And that is from Revelation 4, 4. Look at this. Surrounding the throne were 44 other thrones. And seated on them were uh, 24 elders. I apologize, not four. 24 elders. And they were dressed in what? White. White. And had crowns of gold over their heads. Again, the idea is this. Everybody in heaven will be dressed in white. Why? Because everybody will be cleansed. Everybody will be purified. There will be no, no dust, no shame, no guilt, nothing. Everything will be so pure when you are in heaven. Amen? And that's why we read about these people right here in, in Revelation chapter 7. That they were wearing what kind of robes? White robes, correct. They were wearing robes and they are made, have been made white as snow. Amen? A very good example to that. What does it mean to have white robes or clean robes? We find in the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. This is a vision that the prophet has seen. Look at this. 
Zechariah 3, 3 to 5. Now Joshua, that was the high priest during that time when Zechariah was ministering as a prophet. Now Joshua was standing before the angel. Again, that's a vision that Zechariah saw. And he was clothed in what? In filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. Okay? And to him he said, behold... I have taken away your iniquity away from you. Do you guys see that? It is almost equivalent to taking the filthy garments away and place clean garments on him. It's the exact same equivalent to taking the iniquity away, taking the sin away, right? And that's the idea here, that in heaven everybody is dressed in white because sin will be taken out once and for all. And we talked before that sin is such a defilement. And when sin is taken away, the defilement and the filth of sin will be taken away and everybody will be looking white as snow. Amen? Let's read that. Psalm 51, 7. This is what David said. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. And then he said, wash me. Okay, and what's going to happen after that? And I will be whiter than snow. Do you guys see it? It's the idea of sin is being cleansed. Sin is being purged once and for all. And then you will be white as snow. Amen? And that's why these martyrs martyrs here in in Revelation chapter 7, they were wearing white robes because their sin has been purged once and for all. Amen? Amen? I was just reading Psalm, listening to Psalm 51 in my daily devotion. You know, in Psalm 51, David made six references to being cleansed or being purged or being clean or being washed, stuff like that. Six times. He uses these words or derivatives of these words. Why? Because sin is filth, right? It is disgusting. It's nasty. And when David committed adultery with Bathsheba and killed her husband to cover up what he did, and then the Holy Spirit brought that to his attention, and he knew what he has done, he felt so filthy. So much so that he was crying out to God so many times, six times, saying, God, clean me, clean me. I'm just so filthy. Wash me. This sin is just so much filth, and I want it to be away, right? Because sin is filth, right? Look at the person who... I mean, the world, when you look like watch TV or something like that, our culture, and we talked about this when we spoke about the amazing riches of the grace of God, that, that, the wicked system that we're living in, the evil system that we're living in, you turn on the TV and you get the impression that having casual sex is just, oh, it's no problem. That if you're a try to be a virgin till you get married, then guess what? You're doing something so wrong. How, how can you even think this way? You're too off. And you watch TV and you can think that homosexuality, immorality, sex outside of marriage, you can leave your spouse, go find another one. Who cares as long as this is what makes you happy? And we're being fed this lies every single day. Abortion, oh yeah, go for it. It's your choice. Do it as much as you want, you know? And we're being fed this lies every single day that sin is okay. But the fact of the matter is when people commit sin, their conscience is just so outraged against them and they feel the guilt and the shame and the filth of 
sin. And they wish so bad that they can be cleansed. They just don't know how. And they go back to that world to try to see if there is a treaty or a treatment in that world. And the world keeps feeding them lies that it's okay. And people get trapped in that vicious cycle of sinning. And then trying to get clean. And they can't. And the world is offering them nothing. And they keep piling up this sin and guilt and filth and shame. And they just walk around loaded up with what sin is doing in them. Right? That's precisely what David was feeling. And that's why he cried out to God so many times. Wash me, cleanse me. I just feel the guilt and the shame of sin. Amen? But we have good news today. Amen? All these people in the book of Revelation, how, how did they get washed? By the blood of Jesus. Amen? The blood of Jesus can cleanse from every sin. Amen? Look at this. Isaiah 1.18. We, we preach on this this verse before this is what Isaiah said God said in the book of Isaiah come now and let us reason together says the Lord though your sins are like scarlet they will be what white as snow why because God will cleanse them from that sin and even though it is stained and like scarlet it will be turned around and it will be white as snow amen do you guys see that in the Old Testament over and over and over again? David wants so bad to be white as snow, right? And God is promising Israel that they will be cleansed like and become white as snow. But we don't know how in the Old Testament, right? But the fulfillment of that happens in the New Testament. Amen? When Jesus comes from heaven and he shed his blood on that cross, there is power in the blood of Jesus to take every single shame, every single stain of sin and wipe it out once and for all. And you and me, even though we're filthy as we can be, will be whiter than snow. Amen? So that's what it means to have your robes white. It means that the guilt and the filth and the defilement of sin that you have ever committed would be purged, would be taken away once and for all. And you don't have to deal with that anymore. Amen? So that's what does it mean. Number two, why do we need to have our robes white? Right? Well, let's go back to that verse and read it again. Verse 14 and 15 from Revelation chapter 7. Verse 14, look at, look at this. He said, I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who came out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. What is the very first word in verse 15? Therefore. Therefore, right? Therefore. What happened after that? They are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night. Amen? Now, you guys know the word therefore. What does it mean? That means that whatever preceded that word is the reason for whatever happened after that word. Right? Right? It's because they are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And because they have made the robes whiter than snow in the blood of Jesus. Because of that. Therefore, they can stand before the throne and worship God every single day. Amen? Amen. Well, how about the opposite? What if they did not wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb? Can they stand before the throne of God? No, no way. So why do you need your robes to be washed in the blood of Jesus? Because there is no other way that you can ever enter heaven except after you are washed by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Jesus said something to that effect as well in, in Revelation 22, 14 and 15. Look at what Jesus said. This is his promise. He said, blessed are those who wash their robes. Amen? Amen? Amen. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that... Listen, 
They wash the robes so that, that's the results coming up right now, so that they may have the what? The right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Jesus is saying, if you wash your robes in the blood, then you can enter into, through the gates into the city of God where God going to exist for all eternity after that. Amen? Well, how about the verse after that, verse 15? Outside, outside that gates, outside that city, are what? Are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immortal, and the murderers, the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practice what? Falsehood. Well, I have to tell you something. Those who are in the city are in, aren't any better than the ones who are outside the city, right? They're both inside and outside. They're murderers, are sexually immoral. They both practice falsehood. But there's only one difference that lets some get in and some don't get in. Do you know what is it? The blood of Jesus. They are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And we, because they are washed, now they can enter into the gates and be in the presence of God for all eternity. Amen? Why do you need your robes to be washed in the blood of Jesus? It is simple. Otherwise, you will never have eternal life. But if your robes are washed in the blood of Jesus, then and only then you can enter into the presence of God and have life and life eternal. Amen? Jesus, Jesus mentioned a parable in, in Matthew chapter 22, something very similar to that idea. You guys can go back and read it. It's at the beginning of the chapter. It talks about a king. Who, who made a huge dinner, a huge supper. And he invited people and nobody wanted to come. So he told his servants, you know what? Go to the highways and the byways and get the poorest. And whoever want to come, just bring them in. So the servant does that. He goes out, the homeless, the poor, whatever. He gets everybody and they all get into the king's supper. And then the king goes to, to his place now that is filled with people. And he sees somebody who doesn't have the wedding Garment, the Bible say. So the king goes to him and say, where is your wedding garment? It's like the guy was speechless. He didn't say anything. Guess what the king did? He said, take him out to the outer darkness and just, you know, torture him. He's all done with me. He cannot be inside the, the king's dinner unless he has that wedding garment, right? It's the same thing here. You cannot enter into the presence of God. You cannot have eternal life. You cannot be in God's presence for all eternity unless you have the wedding garment. You know what's your wedding garment and my wedding garment? It's robes washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen? And without these robes, none of us can ever enter into the mighty supper of, of God Almighty. Amen? So why do you need your robes to be washed in the blood of Jesus? Why do you need your sins to be cleansed once and for all in the blood of Jesus? Why? Because otherwise you'll never have eternal life. Amen? Isn't that awesome? The blood of Jesus cleanses you from guilt and filth and shame. And not only that, it also gives you eternal life and qualifies you. Give you the right, Jesus said in, in the last book of Revelation. Give you the right to enter into the gates. Amen? So we talked about what does it mean to be washed in the blood. Number two, we talked about why do you need to be washed in the blood. And number three, you're going to talk about how can your robes be washed and become whiter than snow. The Bible tells us they have been washed, how? In the blood of the lamb, right? The Bible pretty clear tells us they have been washed by the blood of the lamb. Now, I ask you a question. This is kind of like a paradox statement. Have you ever washed clothes in blood? No. no. 
Have you ever imagined, okay, let's have you have a chicken that was just slaughtered and you have the blood and you're going to try to wash your white shirt, okay, this is white, you wash it in blood. Is it going to be whiter as snow after you wash it in the blood? No, it's going to be stained, right? Every blood will stain your clothes except the blood of Jesus that makes your clothes whiter than snow. Amen? So look at this. The phrase that the author of Revelation, John here is talking about, he said that they have washed their clothes in the blood of who? The The Lamb. Notice that this is very unique. The blood of the Lamb, that's a very unique statement. It only happens twice in the whole Bible. In the whole New Testament, the phrase the blood of the Lamb was mentioned. One is right here in Revelation chapter 7. And the second one is in Revelation chapter um, 12 verse 11. The other statement says, They triumphed over him, that Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Right? That's the only two times in the whole Bible that we read the full statement, the blood of the Lamb. Now, we have an allusion to that, something similar to it from 1 Peter 18 and 19. We talked about this, that we have been redeemed with the precious blood as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So that is the only times here, though, in, in these two incidents in Revelation, that we read the phrase, the blood of the lamb. And the blood of the lamb that takes our mind to one event that happened in the Old Testament. We talked about that before. Can anybody here help me? Where do we read before about the blood of the Lamb in the Old Testament? In Exodus chapter 12, when the children of Israel were about to be leaving the land of Egypt, and God is about to strike the firstborn, and he told them, do what? Bring a lamb without blemish and without spot, slaughter that lamb, eat it, and take the blood, and make sure you sprinkle that blood on the doorposts and on the top of the door as well, right? The door lintel and the doorpost. And when I see the blood, God says, I shall pass over you. The wrath will pass over you, right? That was pretty much the very first incidence in the Bible that we see the blood of the Lamb, right? And in a way, John is saying this, it is the exact same thing that back in the Old Testament when the Lamb needed to be slaughtered, so the blood can be used for the rest of God to be passing over that people. It's the exact same blood of Jesus who died on the cross so that his blood can satisfy the wrath of God. It is that exact same blood that cleanses you and me from our sins and not only that, it can also grant, it, grant us eternal life. It makes sense, right? When the wrath of God pass over you, then you'll have what? Eternal life. There's no wrath left, right? And that's what John was saying here. It's all about the blood of the Lamb that will cleanse you from every sin, will cover every wrath of God over your sins, and grant you eternal life. Amen? We see an idea similar to that in the book of Exodus, verse 29, chapter 29, verse 20 and 21. How the blood is just cleanses the clothes. We see that. Exodus 29, 20 to 21. And you shall kill that ram, God says. Take part of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and on the tips of the right ears of his son and on the thumbs of the right hands and on the great toes of the right feet and throw the rest of the blood against the sides of the altar. Verse 21. Then you shall take part of the blood that is on the altar and and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and what? And his garments, his clothes. Now the blood is being applied to the clothes. And on his sons and his sons, what again? Garments with him. Again, he and his garments shall be what? 
holy. It's when the blood is sprinkled on the garment, on the clothes. Now it is set apart for God. Now it is cleansed. Now it is holy. Now it is purified. Amen? Amen. Now it is holy. And we, we, we spoke about this verse before. 1 John 1, 7. That the blood of Jesus does what? Cleanses us from how many sins? All sins. Friends, again and again and again and again, the idea here is that there is power in the blood of Jesus to cleanse from every single sin that you have ever committed. The blood of Jesus, if you just apply it to your life, it will make you whiter than snow before a holy and a righteous God. And not only that, it's because of that blood that the wrath of God will pass over you and you will have life and have it eternally. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 We're going to close this service a little bit different. Well, let me just say that note first. Notice that they, they wash their garments, their robes, in the blood of whom? Of the lambs, right? In the context, it seems to be, don't quote me on this, but it seems to be like these multitudes are actually people who were murdered for the sake of Christ because they came out of the great tribulation. They shed their own blood for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus, right? However, when it comes to their cleansing, it didn't say that they cleansed because they washed their garments in their own blood, right? So they did all what they can. I mean, these people died for Jesus. You can't beat that, right? You can tell me you can get more sincere than that, right? But when it comes to be cleansed before God, not even them dying for Jesus was good enough for them to be, me, to be made white as snow before God, right? It's only because of the blood of Jesus that they can be washed white as snow. Amen? What is the lesson here for you and me? It doesn't matter if you're sincere. It doesn't matter if you're trying to be your best. It doesn't matter how much good works you're trying to do. Nothing matters before God. If you want to be washed, to be white as snow, if you want to have eternal life, there's only one blood, and one blood only that cleanses you like that. You know which one is it? It ain't your blood. Amen? It is the blood of Jesus. Amen? So today, you don't have to try, you don't have to strive, you don't have to put more effort to please a God who's already not happy with your sins. All what you have to do, just come as you are and say, Jesus, I am a sinner. Just wash me in your blood. Amen? And I promise you today that the blood of Jesus has enough power to wash you from the filthiest of sin you have ever committed. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 So here's how we're going to do this one. How I'm going to close. I want everybody to stand up. I'm going to read the first part of that song. And I want everybody to say nothing but the blood of Jesus after that. And then we're all going to close with that last two lines. Amen? Amen. All right. So what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can my sin erase. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of works, it's all of grace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Let's read it together. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's all close our eyes and pray. Let's all keep standing for the next few minutes. You don't have to sit down. Yes, Lord.